Linebacker Quan Alexander. Temperature in the 50s and windy in the Bay Area for that game tomorrow. Of course, college football's national title game is Monday night. Clemson arrived in New Orleans today to face LSU. The Red Sox and outfielder Mookie Betts agreed to an arbitration record 27 mil for this season. Do you know who this is? Fox Sports Radio. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, everybody. Hour number two here on a Friday afternoon. Glad for the... Grafful. Let's be Canadian. Grateful to have you, however, and wherever you are joining us. And look, there is the man, the myth, the legend. Everybody, it's Jason Williams staring through the window. I, I can't... Uh, dude, when Jason stares at... And, like, crazy eyes right there. When crazy eyes stares at us, dude, like, everyone's like, what the fetch? Look at crazy eyes. I can't uh, say where I heard this, crazy eyes? but I think Jason's leading the petition to get Eric replaced on your show. Just saying, that's what I heard. To get Eric replaced? Yeah. Not me? No, no. Oh, I heard it was me. No, I heard it was Eric. Okay, well, we Just got saying, differing. Op- we're, we're in the room. We're in the rumor mill. We know how well that went last year. Please don't tell this, me it's crazy eyes. This whatever offseason you do, do for like, baseball. Do not like crazy eyes. Be the replacement. Whatever. <laughs> I beg of you. <laughs> hey, we'll get to some uh, the Sunday divisional games in the NFL. We'll also get to our Friday Five Best Best divisional games that we've seen on TV or I guess in person if you're you. Uh, Imagining. Uh, we'll also, uh, we've also, we already talked Utah Jazz. We'll get you ready for Region 11 basketball. By the way, tonight, region play gets underway, especially with a dandy. Skyview at Bear River, 7 o'clock. On this very station, 1069-1390 AM, the fan for Skyview. And then for Bear River, just over the mountain, is 104.9 FM, the ranch. So make sure you tune into those games. Should be a good one. Uh, AJ, again, thanks for joining me. Always. Really appreciate it. Happy to fill it. Hey, by the way, I do need to give credit. And, okay, so back in the day, AJ, I don't know if you remember this, but when I first was starting here. Okay. And, like, Eric would be so up, like, Eric, can I help out on the show? And he'd be like, uh, He's pretty guarded no, about it. No, he can't. <laughs> and I'm like, Eric, you're solo, man. And when you're solo, you're not good. So let me help out. <laughs> you know, and no. And then John Russell would come in, and John Russell would be doing it alone. He'd be like, oh, do you want you to hop on? I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. So my radio talent, I don't give credit to Eric. I give credit to John Russell. Oh, for allowing me to big be on shout the show. out. So in saying that, Adam the intern is here. Adam, my man, thanks for joining us. What's up, AJ? How are we? I'm good. How about you? We're doing good? <laughs> are, you, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing great. What, what do you want to talk about? Why the frick are you giggling so much? Because <laughs> I'm wondering what you want to talk about. He's anxious. Mean? Yeah. I'm, why, why are you anxious? Like well, he's like kick- you the first time. He's finally getting to do it. Now yeah. I'm excited. He's wetting his pants over oh there. My goodness, you have no idea. Well, it's only a matter of time, right? You only can ask him to gather so many stats before he's like, "Just let me talk about Just the let stats." Me talk, yeah. I did all the research. Dude, I know. Let me talk See, about that's it. what I was like back then. I was like, "Eric, I know all these numbers, dude," because I freaking did it all for you. Right. While you're on like Facebook or whatever, MySpace or whatever it was back in the day. You know I, what they say? I'm doing all the research. Behind every great man is someone who's probably working harder putting all the information together. That was true. It was me and both sides. <laughs> uh, Adam, uh, we just talked Utah Jazz basketball. You're a big Utah Jazz guy. I see you wearing your Donald Mitchell jersey. Hey, uh, shout out to him. Four times the, a week. The day you left, he said that the, he said for the Knicks game, watch out. They're going to get chippy. And what did they do? They got chippy. That's a good point. Uh, so what do you see in tonight's game versus the Charlotte Hornets, Adam? I see an absolute blowout. I think the Jazz have figured it out. 
you know, they kind of scare you at first. They like to take it into the fourth quarter, but I think Charlotte's not a team you're able to do that against. I think they just dominate them. What's your thoughts on Jordan Clarkson so far? I think he's a stud. I've kind of already said it on this show, but when um, when we traded for him, I was a little confused at first. I wasn't sure why because I had no idea who he was. I knew he was on the Cavaliers, but that was about it. Um, but now that he's here and I've kind of said he kind of brings a confidence to the bench that we just didn't have before. And so now with him... You know, he's kind of like that. I wouldn't say the de facto leader of the bench, but he's definitely up there in like the respect level on the bench. And so, you know, if it's winding down in the shot clock, things like that, you know, just give it to Jordan and he'll huck it up. And I mean, he's pretty good at shooting it. So, you know, <laughs> you're playing good odds that he'll make it. Oh, well, let me ask both of you a question. We'll start with you, Adam, the intern. Uh, Gobert is an all-star, yes or no? Yes. But he won't make it. Well, that's what I'm asking you. He's not an all-star unless he makes the team. Let's be clear. Okay? He's not an all-star unless he makes the team. Okay, then in that case, no. Okay. AJ? Unfortunately, no. Mostly because they got rid of centers. So he's got to beat yeah. all those forwards. So it's going to be Anthony Davis. It's going to be Chris Porzingis, probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean, forwards, what? Kawhi, Paul George, uh, the two you mentioned. Is Carl Anthony Towns on that list? He's right. He's on the fan vote. Yeah, he's he's probably going to be up there at least. Uh, who else? I mean, it's just it's not fair. He him he he keeps getting shafted. It's it's bogus. The all you and I talked extensively. I think last year after the All Stars were announced, and then he didn't get in, and he was really emotional about it. It's garbage. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, an All Star, yes or no? Yes, I think he'll make it. Does he? He won't start though, right? There's no way he starts. He'll just no. make it. I think he'll just get on. I think I, I really think he's gonna. He, he'll have put on a show, though. You think so? Yeah. Will he be given the opportunity? Because remember, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron James. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many times you're gonna have the chance. Hey, let me ask you, Chris Paul, All Star, yes or no? I mean, you see what he's done with Oklahoma. I mean, everyone thought like they wouldn't even be sniffing the playoffs. I agree with him. But, I mean, he you just saw last night. They routed the Rockets, and so I think he deserves to be an All-Star. I think he's playing – yeah, I'm I'm totally with, with intern Adam. I, I think he's playing out of spite to be like, huh, get rid of me, do you? But he's also trying to get on a team that's going to give him one more chance to win. So he's playing for a trade. But, yeah, what he said, what intern Adam said, he's right. Yeah, what's amazing about Chris Paul is – and I, you guys have already alluded to it – but the fact that he's taking a team that's full of, like – Draft picks are sitting in a treasure chest right now yep. and a scrum of a G League team, and yet they are right now, uh, are they in uh, seventh seed? Where are they at in the playoffs? I know they're like sniffing it or at least in it. I'm pretty sure they're the seventh. I, I was going to say, they got to be, be seventh right now. They are, oh, yeah, flip to the east. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, seventh, 22 and 16. I just, it, it amazes me. Oklahoma City traded two of their best players, seven first-round picks, four pick swaps, uh, or excuse me, and they got in return seven first-round picks and the four pick swaps, uh, Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari, and they're in playoff contention well, in the Western Conference. That is stupid to me. A little bit of shout-out for uh, Gilgis Alexander. He's really good. He's going to be, I think, a star. Well, and also for Sam Presti, who made that move. Yeah, and said we're gonna find. Look, the Knicks made moves and said, you know what? We're gonna find a way to make the playoffs. Okay, we didn't get Zion, we didn't get Sean Morant, we didn't get Kevin Durant, we didn't get Kyrie Irving, but we're gonna make the playoffs. And instead, they're sitting in a toilet bowl in New York City, 
and wondering how they're going to, if they can either A, get flushed in, or B, somehow get out. That's got to be Meanwhile, terrible. Oklahoma City did it, and they did fan. it the right way. And now, again, seventh in the playoffs right now. Uh, well, don't forget, too, I, I, a lot of people praised the Knicks when they got rid of Przingis. That trade doesn't look great either. No, it looks even worse, actually, as we go on. The offensive rating for Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder right now when Chris Paul is on the floor. You ready for this? In the NBA, 124.6. That's first. Defensive rating of 96.2. That's fifth. Net rating of a plus 28.4. That is first in the NBA. Well, he's he's pretty much he's he's like all the things you wanted out of Westbrook, right? He can shoot. He will pass the ball. He can hit his free throws. He's the exact opposite of Westbrook. Not to mention, I don't think Westbrook's that great of a leader. I think he tries to lead by example. Yeah, taking 40 shots a game isn't really doing that. But that with that, and that's with the lineup of Steven Adams, Daniel Gallinari, uh, Gilgis uh, Alexander, as you already mentioned, Dennis Schroeder, and Chris Paul. And by the way, it's not close right now either. 8.8 better than any other lineup. In the NBA, that includes LeBron James and Anthony Davis on this court together. I'm, I'm that is inc- that is incredible. Me, he deserves to be an All Star. He is like 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 he said. I, I everyone thought they were heading straight for the lottery, which is what they wanted, and they may make the playoffs because after them, there's a big drop. The Spurs are the eighth seed, and they're four games, four and a half games behind uh, the Thunder. Chris Paul in his last ten games, eighteen points per game. Seven rebounds per game, six and a half assists per game. He's shooting forty-six percent from the field and thirty-six percent from deep. That'll work. That'll work. Well, that's the other thing too. I mean, like you said, I think Alexander's good. Adams knows his job. Gallinari's a good player. I think they can get something for him at the trade deadline because shooting's always going to be valuable. But he's not really playing with the most talented roster either. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is, he's, I mean, yeah, he's not playing with Anthony Davis and no. Alex Caruso, who's the greatest player to ever step on a court. <laughs> Hashtag bald eagle. <laughs> Stop it. Don't even. Uh, last night, Chris Paul had 18.6 boards, 5 assists, 4 steals, 50% from the field in just 27 minutes. They beat the Houston Rockets 113-92. Oh, you know that one had to feel good. Point guard to point god. I mean, that, that guy is absolutely just sizzling right now. Uh, Alex, uh, give me some uh, thoughts here on those first two I games. I kept of calling the- Adam. That's my bad. Oh, sorry, dude. Wait, what? I said I kept calling him Adam. That's my bad. It is Adam. Is, is it oh, Adam. okay. I don't you know said that Alex. Did I say Alex, right? dude. Always it up. I, mean, I always mess it up. And sometimes I try to do it on purpose, and it's not on purpose. It's actually on accident. Okay. Adam. Made me feel bad. I thought I called him the wrong name. I know you're not big into football. I know you. I know you don't like football a lot. You know it's okay. Are, are you a playoff guy at all? Yes, playoffs roll around. I'm a big playoff guy. Oh, so you just like find like the coolest wagon and you jump on it, and you're like, yeah, that's my team right there. Yeah, go Baltimore Broncos. Ravens. Yeah, Broncos, they're good, right? <laughs> Alex, don't make me turn your mic off. John Owen needs to be fired. Oh, what are you talking about? We got you, Locke. I see a future in him. That's fine. John Owen really? still needs to be fired. <laughs> Do you see a future in John Owen right now? I was in Denver for the Chicago game this year. John Owen needs to be fired. I'm with you. John Elway needs to be canned. I don't know who's a worse GM, Michael Jordan or John Elway, but it's pretty close right now. They're both making a running for the probably top. John, uh, probably Michael Jordan, because John Elway was at least there when they won the championship. Michael Jordan, the, the, the Hornets have never come close. <laughs> oh, you know what I need to do with you? Because Eric, Eric, Eric doesn't freaking like have any interest in this, and, and Adam won't either. We need to go through the uh, all-time uh, or hundred all-team all-time what they did on the NFL. 
Oh boy! And go through the quarterbacks, and you got to tell me if this was atrocious or not. Okay. I mean, at some point we got to do that. Today. I can't wait to have that shouting know, match, but I, I'm in. I know we got to jump into to Utah State Nevada stuff. Yeah, this is a big one. I'm I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I I was appalled. That's fine. I, and, and Tom I Brady can't wait to yell about it. And, and Tom Brady made the list, and I was still disgusted. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, that would have been the all-time great tragedy if he didn't make the list. Well, for me, it would have been. I think for anyone, I, think, I don't care I don't how know. much of a Patriots hater you are. He has more. He has the most Super Bowls. He needs. He is a top 100 player. There's no question about it. He's a top 50 player. So is a guy who holds all the records, and he didn't even make the list. Yeah, yeah. Nobody said it was great. The, the NFL Hall of Fame is the worst Hall of Fame. It's worse not, than baseball. It worst in terms of it's not a Hall of Fame if you set a minimum. There shouldn't be the same amount every year. Some years there's just not going to be players that are Hall of Fame worthy. The NFL's the Hall of Very Good. Interesting. That's a good point you bring up. Baseball's the old that that you know the the old writers are a problem, but at least it's it's tough, so you know it's Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so let's get to uh, some Utah State Nevada talk, right? Yes. Uh, Utah State uh, on a three game slide in the most unlikeliest of ways. Adam, by the way, thank you for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Let's get rid of Adam. Uh, I thought you were talking to Alex. <laughs> I feel bad now. You make me feel bad. Uh, Utah State is in the most unlikeliest of slides right now. Uh, as they struggle, they have lost three straights, uh, two of those by double digits to teams that had losing records, or excuse me, have losing records. Air uh, Force is 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, it's Jeez. not good. That's the first time. And I, and I tried to look back, AJ. The last time that Utah State lost back-to-back games or lost two games to teams with losing records, I can't find UNLV's one. eight and nine in the span of three <laughs> games. Not good. Yeah, it's it's not good. And you and UNLV's not that good, great of a basketball team. Uh, but uh, Nevada is a is, is a different animal that comes into the house right now. They're ten and six on the season, three one in conference play. They just lost to San Jose State at San Jose State. Uh, they're led by Harris, uh, who has 17 points, 17 and a half points per game. He's shooting 41% from the field, 83 from the charity stripe. Uh, he also leads the team in rebounds. While uh, sorry, just Lindsey Drew leads the team in assists. They also have uh, this Jazz Johnson kid, who was a uh, cornerstone of the team last year, really, uh, who is returning this year as a point guard. He's got speed, he's got size, he's got physicality, and he can shoot the lights out. What's your biggest concern right now so far as we get ready for Nevada of the Aggies? I, I heard so I heard you and Eric talking earlier this week. Said don't panic before the Air Force game. Then the Air Force game happened, and then Eric, I heard Eric specifically say, "I'm not panicking, but my hands hovering over the button." I honestly think they have several several winnable games after Nevada. If they don't beat them, it kind of has that feel that just this team is in its own head and things might spiral a little bit. Because you can make the argument like the UNLV game was a trap game ahead of San Diego State. They played them well, and then they had the big letdown against Air Force, even though they had the big first half. But Nevada's a good team, and so all of a sudden, if you don't beat them, I mean, you have quickly piled up some Mountain West losses for a team that I think everyone hands down picked to finish first, top three for sure. It feels like it's mental. I feel like they're pressing. So this one, I think, would be a big one with some several easy, easier no offense, Mountain West. Easier teams lined up. It, this one would be a big one. I think would if you win, you right the ship, but I think they'll springboard back with still a chance against uh, San Diego State um, later in the season. 
if they lose, it might get ugly. Then we're looking at an issue, right? Yeah. You know, and that's the thing here is, look, and, and I know we've said it multiple, actually, a, a lot of times, and that's the fact that nobody's healthy. Like yeah. Sam Merrill is not even close. You can tell Namia she isn't running completely Well, I right. thought you made a great point. I need to give you credit, too. You Was it yesterday, the day before, you were talking about how you, you felt that the Mount, reigning Mountain West player of the year was not getting respect? I completely agree. I think he is not getting calls that a player of his caliber has earned. And I think it's it's really frustrated him and flustered the offense. Yeah, that's and and that's another problem. So when you go to the hole and you can't get a call, it's it's what are you supposed to do? Yeah, no, and I, I, and, I completely and, and agree. That's, with your and point. that's been the biggest issue is when they haven't got the calls and people, you know, then Sam kind of quits driving to the hoop, and then people, you know, are just kind of wondering, well, how do we how do we get a call? What are we supposed to do to get a call? And yeah. especially when it's Sam Merrill and he's not getting like that's. That's been the biggest issue so far, and it's been the biggest issue for me. Um, <laughs> and, and I mean, I, of course, Justin Bean isn't healthy right now. He's dealing with an ankle injury of some sort. Um, Diego Brito had an ankle injury. I think it's San Jose State as well, and he's not coming off right. Uh, you've had Abel Porter has a like a thing for his back. Every time he comes off the court, that he needs to be wearing to to, to support his back. Like the list goes on. That's, Maybe I mean. Maybe this is just one of those seasons because it seemed like from pretty much all last year, everything kind of went right for him in terms of health and that. Maybe this is just the, the backside of that. Maybe they're just having that bad luck. I mean, they have beaten good teams. You and I were talking about it before. Uh, what is it? Did you say all five of their losses except for UNLV? It's out, all five of their losses outside of the Mountain West are in, in, are in the, the early yep. projections. Yep. So they've clearly beat good teams, and I think it's a good sign that they bounce back against San Diego State. I would imagine that means – that they definitely get up against Nevada. But I think this one's a big one. I think this will determine how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, 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 at least I, I think it goes a long ways, right? Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's hear it from Craig Smith here. We're going to hear his, uh, his uh, pregame presser as we get ready for the uh, Utah State Aggies and Nevada Wolfpack. And I think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. You know, you lose the... The Caroline Twins and or the the Martin. the Martin Twins and Jordan Caroline they lost a lot of big name players and so the, these guys have something to prove um, that way but they're very well coached. Coach Alford does a great job. They're they're good defensively and and they're one of the better um, three point shooting teams in the country and certainly in the conference uh, making uh, almost ten threes a game and number one scoring. Um, team in the Mount West play at 83.3 points a game. So they put a lot of pressure on you. Jazz Johnson was the Mount West um, Conference Sixth Man of the Year last year, and he can that guy can play anywhere, and he can really get it going. Had 34 against Boise the other night and was making every shot in sight, uh, which any of those three guards can do. Um, you know, Johnson's had games over 30. Lindsey Drew, 6'4", 180 pounds, plays the point guard, and he's had a game over 30 points, and he can score it at all three levels. And Jalen Harris is 6'5", 195, and kind of a bulldog. Um, and he's had a game over 30 points as well. So they put a lot of pressure on you. All three of those guys can get to the rim, have great pull-up games, and, um, and they can shoot the three. So they just put a lot of pressure on you. There are three guys that really know how to play. So have to be on point with our three-point defense and got to find a way to make some shots um, to, uh, against these guys. Just want to hear from you how you feel the team has taken these last little stretch for you because they haven't been through this before. Yeah, it's been, uh, um, it's been a rough 
uh, seven days for sure. Um, two of those games, I felt like we just um, weren't ourselves. We're really out of character. Uh, really showed a lack of discipline. Showed a lack of toughness. Um, certainly for um, long stretches. The Air Force game, I thought we played really well the first 17 minutes, and and then we kind of let some things slip away. And I think that bothered us. And it's uh, it's a 15 round fight. And um, then the second half, we just really lost um, our discipline and character and a lot of different things. So. Um, you know, we've had a couple. I was excited about our mindset. Um, we showed up ready to go to work and weren't sulking and pouting, but certainly we're taking things very, very seriously and trying to get back to our old ways. And, and that's toughness and trust and playing as a team, you know, all the time and sharing the ball and, and um, just having a different mindset because our mindset hasn't been great, certainly the last. Um, week or so. Although against San Diego State, I thought it was good. So I don't want to just lump that in there just because we lost because uh, I think we got to get back to obviously the basics, um, but just worrying about every uh, possession and every play and doing things a certain way. And when you do that, usually winning and losing takes care of itself. And you can't wish and hope to win. You have to go earn victory. And I'm not sure that was our mindset last week. Mm-hmm. It has been kind of different because you think of the LSU game down 19 you think mm-hmm. of it how tough you guys were against florida it's just been, it has been like a, a different team kind of really has it's very uncharacteristic of us and so when it's like that you got to look inside and you, you get you got to say first of all as a coach like are we setting our guys up for success um and two you got to look at them and where where is their mindset at we're kind of in the dog days a little bit uh of the season and three quite frankly for us has been health at times and that's uh it's easy to poo poo that and it's easy to look the other way and, and i get all that but, um, you know, a guy like Justin Bean, who's fighting some health issues right now, and honestly, his numbers haven't been as good. And that's, I'm not trying to single out one individual, but, um, but he hasn't played quite the same since he's been injured. So that's, and we all know Justin Bean is literally, everybody would put him in a foxhole because of what he's got but that's reality so you got to negotiate that and we've been negotiating a lot of that stuff but that hey that's all done we got to keep going keep pressing play connected deal with what we have and and press on do you consider any new guys playing a little bit more like Sean Bear oh absolutely about some changes (laughs) the guys know everything's on the table and and it's always on the table, but like there gets to the point, right? Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And and the bottom line is, guys got to produce. And and I got to push the right buttons as a coach and find the right uh, personnel, scheme, motivation, um, culture, all of that, and make sure the right guys are on the on the bus moving forward. And and um, and we'll make sure that happens. Is it a totally different? way that Nevada plays than how they played last year with the new coach? Uh, yeah, they're, you know, uh, I have so much respect for Coach Alford and their staff and how they do things. And, you know, he was at New Mexico when I was an assistant at Colorado State. I always had their scout um, for five years and, and they're running some of the same stuff. And so we know those play calls. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> now can we stop it is the question. But, um, but they are a lot different. Um, they're still, you know, up and down. Like Nevada was very much up and down last year. Want to play high tempo, and, and so are they this year. But definitely a lot different personnel. You, know, you forget last year's team. I think had six or seven one thousand point scores, and you know all three of those guys I named: Lindsey Drew, Jazz Johnson, and Jalen Harris. Were you know so, um, uh, and then they're very tough minded defensively. So it's definitely some differences. 
Um, yet they got a lot of talent on that team. Is there as much length on their team? Probably not okay. quite the length. I mean, last year they were, okay. I mean, That's humongous right. at every mm-hmm. position. You know, you got the Martin brothers playing the one and the three. So they're a little bit different that way, but they're still um, very high octane. And they can get it going in a hurry. They score. They can really get going in bunches, right? Where it's just a flurry, and that's what good shooting teams usually do. They kind of, you know, boom, boom, boom. And next thing you know, it's a 10-0 run, and you're like, "What just happened?" The Mount West schedule came out. I know a lot of Aggie fans circled this date. Yeah, a lot of it's what happened at the end of last year. How do you keep your guys focused? I mean, it's a big game. Maybe not as. <laughs> Crazy as it was last year, with with the you guys had a streak going, they were ranked. Yeah, there's a lot on the line. There's a lot along the line now because you both want to get back in the winning streak. It's a big game again. Yeah, it's uh, but it's not quite the same build up. As yeah, well. definitely not. I mean, last year they were, you know, top. I think they were eleventh in the country, and we were climbing. And essentially, it was a game for first, or them outright first, and yeah. us tie for first. But um, now we're not in the position we ideally want to be in, and they're three and one, so they still control their destiny. And um, but you know, just being the history guy, like there's a long lineage of history uh, with Nevada, yeah. and so there's a kind of a natural rivalry thing. But you know, I think that's excitement for the fans and everybody, and it sounds like we'll have a great crowd. At the same time, we have enough on our plate to worry about just taking care of our business the way we've been playing. So um, we just we got to lock into what we need to do to find a way to win, and that's play a lot better basketball and play much more connected than we've been playing the last um, three games. Do you try to get your guys, obviously they are probably start to think about what they're doing, and you don't want them to think, you want them to play. You don't want them to worry about what they did, miss the last shot or whatever. You want them to get that all out of their minds and just play. Yeah, you want to play with poise and confidence and and, and play our, our way, Aggie basketball. And, and um, even though we had won a lot of games in November and December, we weren't consistently on the offensive end playing the type of basketball that we need to, to play. And our assist numbers were lower. Um, just, you know, we took more bad shots than we um, had. And, and our guys know the difference. And so um, they've responded well, at least in practice, and taken accountability. And we've had some pretty good meetings, you know, as a, as a team and individually. And, and now we'll see if, the, you know, if we'll get some of the results. But we all want to win, but we've got to understand how we win. And I'm not sure we were doing the things that we did, had previously done to find a way to win. And, um, and it's easy to see watching the film when you watch game tape, you know. So, so we got to control the controllables and, and have maximum effort and then the, let the chips fall where they may. Anything else? Can I get- Those pregame uh, with uh, press conferences, like sometimes the audio rolls over. Uh-huh. into conversations that should not be aired. <laughs> so I was like watching, I was like, do not let the conversation that's about to take place after roll over the air. I've, I've been a part of those, and I'm like, man, I gotta, oh, try, man. I gotta take that stuff we out. We were almost privy to off-the-record information there. You would rather not be. Uh, Utah State is 17-6 against Mount West opponents over the last two years. They're 9-2 uh, at home against those Mount West opponents. All time, Utah State is 57-56 and in the Mountain West since joining the league in 2013-14. This is the only meeting of the year for the Aggies in the Wolfpack. Uh, Utah State uh, is 20-5 and against the Wolfpack in Logan, including last year's win, which included a broken fire extinguisher, glass, yeah. and a brawl <laughs> in the hallway, which, by the way, so I'm going to open the veil just a little bit. I know we should forget about last year and move on to this year, but I... So I was, like, right there. I sat at the scores table. I was right there when the brawl began. 
and I heard word for word what was being said both ways. And then you see the coach being pushed over onto the scores table, and it was like right, right there. And I was like, "Dude, get off! You're on my radio equipment." And I mean, that's the last <laughs> thing we should be thinking about. But there's a brawl going on, and I'm like, "Get off my radio equipment, man!" <laughs> and it was a Nevada coach, and and things just spilled over into the hallway, and you saw police people spray, spray, and you just knew something was wrong. And then, um, well, that was really. I think you could say that right there was the unraveling of Nevada season. They yes. were not the same after that. There was issues internally in that locker room after that, by the way, and included, by the way, because I don't know if people remember, but after, excuse me, for the Florida game, when they played Florida in the NCAA tournament, uh, it was Cody Martin that had a black eye on his right eye. And uh, when asked about it, he said, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> and you can just tell, I mean, that yeah. team that had so much talent just played for themselves. They didn't play for each other. They played for themselves. And you saw it against Florida, and they choked massively in the yep. NCAA tournament. It was such an embarrassment for the Mountain West Conference as a whole. Yep. Uh, I agree. I think a lot of people, they were 7th seed, right? Or they the 10th seed? Because it was a 7-10 matchup, it was, I'm pretty they sure. They were 7th seed, and they were playing Florida, who was a 10th. Yeah, I think a lot of people had them. I can't remember who the 2 seed was. I had them was. winning. Yeah, I think a lot of people had them as a popular upset over the 2 seed in that bracket, and they looked not great. Yeah, not even close to being to where they should be. Uh, yeah, but look, this Nevada team is, is still a good basketball team this year under Steve Alford, who's the yeah. former UCLA coach. This, uh, this team, again, sitting at 3-1 and one in conference play, 10-5 and five overall on the season. Uh, I, I wonder about, again, the health is going to become an issue as we get more into Mountain West conference play, as we get deeper into the season. Um, but I, I really wonder if some of these younger guys can step up and fill the role that they need to to take care of the minutes for the starters who are going to be needing rest. Sean Barristow, Alfonso Anderson, uh, Trevin Dorius. Those guys haven't seen a lot of playing time as of late. And I just, I mean, and I don't know the situation. So, I, I mean, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have any you know primitive facts here. But I would, I would guess that it's based on the fact that, you know, on practice and if they, and they play a couple minutes in the game, Coach Smith easily sees it and says, this isn't our guy for tonight. Right. They, that's going to have to change soon at some point to give these guys, to give their starters some rest. Well, I think you heard him say it in the interview, too. He said, you know, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I think for, I mean, nothing else, he's going to have to try and experiment a little just to see if he can steal a minute or two at least for his starters to find some time on the bench because they don't have a gap. They play they play back and forth twice a week up until basically the last two games of the season. There's a almost a week off between the Wyoming game and the San Jose State game, which is the third and second to last game of the season. So they're not gonna get a magical one one game bye week where you know you play like a Saturday and you get a Wednesday off and get another Saturday. Well that actually happens this upcoming week. They get Nevada tomorrow night and then they don't play oh, for yeah, a whole week right. until Sorry. they had to Taco Bell Arena face the Boise State Broncos. And then on Tuesday, they get they get a chance to get some revenge versus Air Force at home in the Spectrum. That's a 9 o'clock start, by the way, on ESPNU. Uh, and then home again versus Colorado State that uh, that Saturday. That's at 8 o'clock on ESPNU. And then another 9 o'clock slate at Wyoming on ESPNU. After that, they head to San Diego State. And then back-to-back home games versus UNLV and Boise State. And, I mean, the, the bottom portion of their schedule does lift off a little bit. San Jose State's a team you got to worry about, but when you're at home, you should be okay. At New Mexico is terrifying to end the season, but in between yeah. Fresno State, you know that might be a might be a battle. I think Utah State wins, but 
Colorado State and Wyoming are just absolutely, absolutely tremendously horrible basketball teams. Yeah, the back half of the schedule, like you said, eases up. That, that's why I think this Nevada one, I missed the week off, so you're right. So they do, they will get some time, which is a big deal. This, That's why this Nevada one's a big one. You heard Craig Smith say the magic words, they control their own destiny. So if Utah State's going to get back in for the fight for the top of the Mountain West, they're going to need help to win. This one, they, they got to have it. Yeah, this is... This is an absolutely must win. Uh, in regards to this series, Utah State leads the all-time series 36-23. It's in uh, team split games, of course, last year. Uh, uh, Nevada won at Nevada, and then Utah State obviously won only in the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, Utah State uh, and Nevada uh, have finished first and second in the conference standings six times as conference foes, doing so in the Big West during the 96-97, 97-98 seasons, and then and again in the WAC in 05-06, 07-08, 08-09, and 2009-2010. You want to talk about getting sick of two teams? That would do it right there. Yeah. Uh, and then again, of course, last year in the Mountain West. Uh, furthermore, the two teams have played one game twice in the uh, – or excuse me, played each other twice in the championship game uh, in the WAC tournament uh, with Nevada winning in overtime in 06 and USU winning, of course, in 2009 – uh, with both games being played in Reno, Nevada. Uh, the team that has led at, uh, led at half has gone on to win 10 of the last 12 games, and Utah State has outscored the Wolfpack in the second half in 8 of the last 12. Uh, again, Utah State and Nevada will take place tomorrow night at 6 o'clock at the Spectrum. It is a near sellout, not full and not official yet. It is a near sell, so if you're looking to get your tickets, do so quickly at utahstateaggies.com or go to the ticket offices up on the hill and go get your tickets ASAP. We're going to take a break. Coming back, it's time to talk Region 11 basketball. This is uh, one where uh, A.J. Knight is very expertise in. <laughs> He'll give us our expertise in Region 11 basketball, what his thoughts are on the region as a whole, and for tonight's games. Again, Bear River will host Skyview on this very station on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, the band's, uh, fan starring John Newble. AJ not on this side. I'm LJ Salveson. 1069 at 1390 AM. The fan, the full court press. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The fan. You, you got me thinking it'll be all right. You, AJ Knight there, AJ Salveson here, Adam the intern, joining us here on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, The Full Court Press, also streaming on 1069thefan.com. Region 11 play starts tonight, the games really do count, well, I guess they don't count because in the new RPI system, <laughs> but... Well, they uh, sort of count, they, they right? They sort gotta, of count, you got to build that resume so you can get the, the buys. Well, resume build will take place in Art in Garland City where the Bear River Bears will host the Skyview uh, Bobcats. Let's start there, one. AJ. Uh, this game is a big one for multiple amounts of reasons, but give me your thoughts on both teams. Uh, Mason Faultliff, is it possible that he could actually by himself win this region? Did he, did he do that last year or did he get some help? No, because I think I think Phipps. I mean that kid. For give me, don't get me wrong. False left is good, but Phipps can jump out of the gym. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think it was by himself. I think that he. When I saw him play against Mountain Crest, he. I think he picks and chooses his moments. I think he sees when he needs to and he doesn't. So if it, against Mountain Crest, he was a team that struggled last year. I think he. Uh, got his team off to a good start and then was willing to distribute and then shut them down late to make sure they didn't get into it. So I think I don't think he's I don't think he does it by himself. He's um, really good and after watching the Utes beat uh, Kentucky, 
and how young they are. I mean, he ought to have a chance to crack that rotation next year down in Salt Lake. I, uh, I'm interested in this Bear River team. No Parker Coombs, no Wyatt Rollholt. So they lose a physical presence and they lose leadership in Wyatt Rollholt. They still have Mark Huber, the leading scorer. He was the third leading scorer in the state of in the 4A class last year with Long Ren Fonsbeck. They shoot at an extremely high volume. They play at a deeper bench, but they're not having as much success. Does can this team sustain what they did last year, or is this? I mean, is this thing going to run on fumes by the end of region play? I mean, that's got to be that's a really good question. They obviously they made a deep playoff run. They got back their leading score. I think anytime you have a player like Huber, he can definitely carry you at least a while. Uh, have probably having the bench would help. I think that's what's interesting though, is because Mountain Crest and. Uh, Bay River kind of did the same thing last year because, correct me if I'm wrong, Bay River played six guys basically. Yep, Logan Litchford was their lone sub. Yeah, and so I mean, they're probably getting the starters some extra minutes. Maybe they're not playing as well. They're still what are they nine and three? I think correct. Tonight will tell us. I think tonight will give you a lot because they're at home. So depending on how they match up with Skyview, I think it'll tell you if it'll work or not. But I think they could still make a run. I, uh, I I'm with you. I think in this region, I think it's it's Green Canyon. There's Skyview and there's Bear River, and everyone else is kind of up. Wrapped. I think Skyview stands at the top of those three, and I think Green Canyon and Bear River will battle it out for second. Uh, let's get to Green Canyon's game really quickly as they get ready for Ridgeline. That should be a dandy, a, a tough one. Uh, Ridgeline loses uh, Landon Brenchley, who is the second leading scorer in the state of Utah. Yeah, one of the better scores. He's now going to get ready to be a walk on at Utah State. They they have extreme youth on this team. Not a lot of experience. Uh, is that a worry for concern as they get ready for region play? I think so. When you have a player like Bridgley who was, I mean, he was consensus uh, region 11 first team here in, at Cash Valley Media Group. Um, it's it's a big adjustment. Um, it, you know, you hope, I, honestly, I think you got to be pleased. They started the season off a little rough, but they've bounced back. They're 7-4, Green Canyon 7-4. So the fact that they're as young as they are, and they're uh, as competitive as they have been. It's got to be a good sign. And just, I think that would point. And I mean, you know, we're talking this year, not next year, but maybe next year because False Life finally will leave Skyview. Maybe it's Ridgeline's year, but I, I, I going to be good minutes regardless. I mean, really, I think this this week's games divide. If it wasn't the way the tournament was, if it was like it was last year, you pretty much had already decided it. I think Skyview, oh, yeah. Bear Rivers, one and two, Green Canyon, Ridgeline's three and four, and then no offense, Mount Logan and Mount Crest, they can still win some big games, but they're probably five and six. Uh, and then let's, uh, on the other side, Green Canyon, they lose Dewey Panther, Carter Barris, two of the leading scorers yep. on the team. They do get the DeBoer brothers, uh, but they, I feel like, again, the problem is, is that when they get to those teams like Skyview, like Bear River, they have a tough time controlling them or stopping them defensively. I don't know when you lose like an all-around great player like Dewey Panther. Dewey Panther was the most underrated player in Region 11 that nobody talked about right. because he wasn't Carter Barish. He wasn't Mark Huber. He wasn't Landon Branchley, who were high-volume shooters. Dewey Panther did everything else as an all-around player, as an all-around player better, and it's not even close, better than anybody else in the region. And he proved it night in and night out. I think the loss of him is bigger than the loss of Carter Barish, and that's why I think that Green Canyon is going to slip up a little bit this year. Yeah, I uh, I got to see them up at the Preston tournament because Green Canyon and Mountain Crest were both up there. Um, I I talked to Craig fairly often, does play by play for him. He thinks he thinks they uh, Jake Lundin, someone he mentioned specifically, but they get a couple football players on the team that he thinks could not necessarily stop 
well, not stop false lead, but maybe slow him down because they have a couple different guys they could throw at false lead. He thinks could be physical with them. I tell you, the thing that stood out to me when I got to see Grand Canyon is they pass the ball extremely well. They it is almost an art form the game I got to see them do it. So I think they will make up some of that offensive deficiency by getting good looks with good ball movement. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the Mount uh, Mount Crest Logan game. These are two teams that are just, I mean, total opposite ends of the forum from the games that we just talked about, yeah. but on the same end of the forum with each other. As they look at the mirror and they see each other in it. Uh, two teams that are completely struggling. Talk about this game for me. Well, with Mountain Crest, I think it's just uh, they they had they lost Burnside, who was a starter at the beginning of the season. Archibald didn't play against Box Elder, and they last year, you know, talking about players that stood out. Um, maybe not on the same level, obviously, as a False Lev or a Brinchley or Bearish, but Cordell Welch was a really good player for the Mustangs. And so I think with him leaving, they just haven't found someone. Marshall Nethercott's good, but he's not a guard, so he he has to count on some other people to get him the ball. And they just haven't had players that have stepped into those roles to kind of take over. And I think last year, much like uh, Bear River, Mountain Crest really fig- worked their way down to about a seven-man rotation. And then uh, Ethan Wilson, I think his name, who played quarterback for Logan, transferred, who was going to come back. And then they lost, I think, three other seniors. They're they're down, or four other seniors. They're down to two guys who played varsity basically at all last year. And so they're just an inexperienced team that is, I don't think, found secondary and third scores. And the team just kind of is struggling because of it. Uh, all right, Eric or Eric, AJ, let's go through uh, some of the games here. Give me your. Pre- I know I do it every time. Uh, do it. Uh, Let's go through his predictions with you. Uh, Green Canyon and uh, Ridgeline. At Ridgeline, who do you got? I think Green Canyon. Okay. Hmm. Upset. Uh, Skyview at Bear River. Who do you got? I, I want to say... Oh, man. Skyview's had a really tough schedule. Probably Skyview. I think they might be just... A, I'm, I'm with you. They're probably a little bit better than Bear River. And then you cannot predict this game because obviously you're a play-by-play voice for the Mountain Crest Mustangs. But give me three keys to the Mountain Crest Mustangs needing to get a win over Logan. Uh, for them, it's it's protecting the ball. One, because you can't give up easy possessions and transition to the other team. But two, you want to give yourself as many possessions as possible. Foul trouble has been a huge issue for them. Some of their top players, some of their top scorers have really struggled to stay out of foul trouble. And then I think they got to get off to a fast start, specifically Nethercott. He averages... I think 15.5 points per game, He he's really good at it, but a, a, one of the problems is that he seemingly gets his in the second half, and that's when the team, I think, is not out of it not all the time, but is kind of falling back, and he turns it on. I'd like to see four quarters from him. I think he could, with him being the number one option, and I think he's got a nice array. He's got a pretty good handle. He's got nice range. He, he has a nice touch around the rim as well. I really think he could push his averages to 20, 25 if he just took control of the ball game. I'd like to see him be more aggressive. Adam, the intern, joined us here on the Full Court Press. He does some great work for us. Adam, let's get your thoughts here on a, a few high school games. Uh, Skyview at Bear River and a dandy. What do you think? Well, I'm biased because I go to Skyview, so you have to go with Skyview. <laughs> uh, Boot. No, just well, kidding. <laughs> just right. uh, uh, Green Canyon at Ridgeline. Uh... Again, I got a little bias going against here, but I don't like Green Canyon, so I'm going Ridgeline. But again, I just think Ridgeline pulls up an upset. I don't really know much about. Dude, Ridgeline this is the last time we do this game with you. 
Well, they, 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 I can tell you he's place. not going to pick Mountain Crest. Logan at Mountain Crest. Or Logan. Mountain Crest Logan. Yeah, see, he's not going to pick Mountain Crest. See, I'm a high schooler. I mean, I deal, I deal with these kids. <laughs> okay, so. okay, okay. Well, let's test your brain a little bit. I'm not looking at just the stats, how about right? How about who scores more points, Huber or Falslev? Falslev easily. You think so? Oh, yeah. Falslev. Look, Falslev is like, I don't know why. It, it, talk about, he gets automatic boosts. Like, it's an NBA 2K all of a sudden when he, like, he gets this automatic scoring boost, and he just lights up. It's something about him going to on the road to hostile environments and just showing off. He did it, to, and he doesn't do it in a bad way because he is extremely efficient. Look, last year he went to Bear River, and he put up 35. And guess what? Scott Hunt did everything he could to double, box in one, whatever it took. Right. And Mason Falslov. I mean, like Michelangelo with a paintbrush just threw up a beauty of a picture. I tell, I, when I when I did play by play for uh, Green Canyon, not last year, but the year before for football, um, I got to do so. Skyview was at Green Canyon, so I got to call that game. I texted my dad and my brother after that game. I said, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a player and thought immediately that's a professional player. I said, I just saw someone who's going to play professional sports. Uh yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. Um, a- Adam, we'd never ever do that segment with you ever again. Okay, I'm okay. With that. Not high, I mean, that was that was high easy. school. I mean, I mean, you're putting a high schooler in that situation. You kind of had it coming. No, you can. I mean, you can say, you know what? I think Skyview's gonna lose. I think Bear is a better basketball team. Just say that. Really it's, it's good to be a non-biased. <gasps> Skyview's gonna win. Oh crap! I can't say it. I can't say it. I cannot say it's like, it. Like liar, liar with Jim Carrey on yeah. that movie. Does That's- it just get boring to be for school that seemingly wins pretty much everything? I mean, yeah, yeah sometimes. Okay. What? So. I mean, it's fun, but I mean, sometimes the pep assembly. Let me tell you a, a story boring. about that. Let me tell. You. So I was watching a film one time. There's a story. You guys know who Larry Ball is? Name sounds familiar. I have no idea. Larry Ball played for the 1972 Dolphins, and the year before, or the yeah, the year before as well. And so the year before they won the Super Bowl. The year after they went undefeated, right. 17 and 0. And Magical won it. season. Larry Ball never knew what it was like to lose, and so he was so sick of it that he left and he, on his own, went to Tampa Bay. They went 0-16. He is the first player and the only player in NFL history to play for an undefeated team and a team that never won a game. We all know and why he Tampa said, Bay I just, went. <laughs> I just want to know what it was like to lose every game. I just want to know what it was like to lose. And then all of a sudden he's like, all of a sudden I found out that I, I mean, I lost 16 straight and I missed winning. Yeah, no, nobody. No, he he's wrong. Most people, I think, would have known ahead of time. Like, no, this is great. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah, right. Also, we all know why the Bucks lost. It's the creamsicle uniforms. <laughs> That's why they went over. Those were beautiful. <laughs> hey, uh, Jimbo Slice comes out. We like to get our Jimbo slices out for the night. Jimbo Slice on Twitter is uh, a Jazz fan, uh-huh. and his uh, his tweet tonight. Not to be dramatic, but the Utah Jazz don't win tonight. I'm going to tie a rope to my Christmas tree, tie the other end to the back of my bumper, and do donuts in the parking lot till there's nothing left by the stump. I mean, I would agree. I'd I love it, quite Jimbo. A, quite an upset if they don't beat the the, the Hornets. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, got to take a break. Coming back, we're going to hurry and get to the two Sunday games of the Division Round because we yes. haven't done that yet. We're going to skip our five best because we don't have time. And uh, We can shout out our one best. There you go. We can do our one best. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. AJ Not, AJ Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her hair AJ Knight, AJ Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Let's wrap it up for you for the weekend and get you ready for a Monday show. 
be a full packed one. So we'll recap the divisional round. We'll recap Region 11 basketball, Utah State, Nevada. By the way, don't forget, pregame Utah State, Nevada will come up on uh, Saturday at 4 o'clock p.m. And then, of course, you'll get the uh, postgame right after, uh, immediately following the game itself. Uh also want to announce really quickly, uh, per uh, USU football, they have uh, announced a home-and-home with the UConn University Huskies in 2022 and 23. W. On uh, August 27, 2022, the uh, Connecticut Huskies will uh, uh, host the Utah State Aggies in... Uh... Oh, sorry, no, Utah State will host Connecticut on August 27, 2022, and then in Connecticut on September 30, 2023, Utah State will head... Too hard for Connecticut. They also have home games matched up with Weber State on September 10th of 2022. Idaho State September 9th of 2023. All right, we got one minute, unfortunately, to uh, get these games uh, really quickly previewed. Texans, Chiefs, who do you like, AJ? Chiefs, defense playing better. Texans offensive lines ravaged. Bill O'Brien stinks in the divisional round. Uh, Seahawks, Packers. I'm be- I bet on the Seahawks. I don't know why. Green Bay, a lot of people have been saying they're a fraudulent two seed. I, I don't know. Russell Wilson, Magic. Dude, and, and I, I never count Pete Carroll out. Yeah. I never count Pete Carroll out. Ever. They've won. I think they're – he has eight road wins. Russell Wilson has eight road wins this year. So being on the road is not a big deal to them. I like Seattle as well. Oh, I, I actually, I mean, I like Green Bay. But I, I would not be surprised to see Seattle go in there and beat Green Bay. I had a hard time if, picking if that a, one. If there's one road team who can go out there and sweep this thing and run through the wild card, it's, it's Seattle. I'd buy that. Yeah, I – that's out of the dangerous football team to playing, and you got to be really upset if you're Green Bay. Uh, big thanks to all you for listening here on 1069 FM for Adam, uh, our intern for AJ Knight. I'm AJ Salveson. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.